and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Rich Davidson, and I am joined by my good buddy, Elkin Beltry. Now, Elkin. Yes, sir. We missed you last time because we were talking Pacers, and obviously uh, uh, you were you were you had had to move. Um, but uh, I just want to know how you doing. It's been it's been a few weeks. Doing good. Um, slowly getting settled in. You know how it is. You get a house, and it seems like everything's wrong. Even after you're like, all right, everything's good. Now nah, you gotta always do fix. You gotta fix this, fix that. But it's all good though. Besides that, just been here enjoying a lot of NCAA tournament, watching a lot of games. Uh, had a coworker who let me borrow their YouTube TV login, and I was able to go ahead and get that four four screens going at the same time, and just living life. Like YouTube TV came with the with a couple subsequent emails. They were like, "Hey, hey, man, you get to be uh, selected for the the quad screen exclusive, except for everyone gets the quad, you know, four screen." I gotta say, round one was beautiful round two it's like all right we don't no longer have four there's you can't have four games going on at a time there's not enough but there's three but games it's, going on three well, two, you, right? you might have you might have three tours like that final that one late afternoon yeah. or beginning of the evening overlap but it's like an awkward three but you know what? it ain't bad i like it first round definitely works and then they hit you with the second email of hey man we are in, we are increasing that YouTube TV price in preparation for the fall when we're gonna run this for you know this quad screen thing out with yeah. NFL football. So I saw that YouTube TV, <sighs> aka costs as much as cable. Yeah, yeah, that's how they get it's, you. It's true. That's how they get you. But I've been I've already been got, and so we're just gonna we're gonna have to live with it. But. Uh, talking about teams today that have already been got, uh, and they're kind of at a crossroads. Uh, we've got the play-in teams, bottom of the play-in, kind of, um, with with one exception. We're talking four teams today. Uh, we've talked about teams that, at least at the time that we recorded the pod, were not in the playoff race. Either they were tanking for Wemby, or they were, you know, maybe trying to get into the play-in. Uh, and now we're talking about those that, uh, well, three out of the four are currently in the play-ins slots. Uh, and we're going to start with the team with the worst record, and that's the Chicago Bulls, uh, 33 and 37, sitting at the 10 seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we know, you know, like there's a bunch of teams down there trying to fight for this particular uh, spot and the Bulls are barely barely hanging on right they're maybe a game and a half up on you guys uh, in Indiana or Washington um, but they they've won two in a row six of their last ten and uh, it, it seems as though this offseason however it ends we know it's not going to end great for this Bulls team they're going to be at a crossroads uh, and Trying to write down their core players, Elkin. I didn't know really what to do. Obviously, he got Zach Levine, just gave him a huge contract, right? He's in the books for another four years, 178 mil. You've got DeMar DeRozan, who, you know, with with DeRozan, he's only got next year at 28 and a half mil. Patrick Williams is kind of the, the one young guy who had, you know, had promise, showed promise, hasn't really gotten there. 
Alex Caruso, who I think they could have gotten maybe a late first rounder for him this, you know, at the, at the deadline they chose not to. And then there's like the, hey, young guards that they drafted, Ayodosunmu, Dale and Terry, don't really know what to do with that. Like, But all these guys could be gone. Like, they could be traded away uh, this offseason if the Bulls decide to do the pivot. So w- where do you see this team, Elkin? What, what the, the Chicago Bulls just seem to be in a weird spot. This should have, this feels like it was a team that should have sold. Like, after the first month and a half of the season they should have sold be like hey we gotta this is it but i almost felt like they had one win streak and they're like no 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 no, we're back in we're in it we're in it we're good we have this win streak this is where our season turns around this is the win that does it but i think everyone looks at them and they're like no you should have gotten rid of as many pieces like you said like you could have gotten definitely something for caruso i think i could see a desperate team like the Lakers try to get uh, Zach Levine off your hands, but they would have had to do some stuff, and I don't think the Bulls would have taken. I mean, even I know Lakers would have had to offer those two first round picks, but I don't. I don't know if the Bulls would have gone all in for that. But who knows? But I kind of see it where you have these this squad like DeRozan. I think he's gonna leave after his contract's up. I mean, is DeRozan thirty four? I'm trying to think. Thirty three, thirty four. I know he's close to my age. This is his age 33 season, um, so next year will be his age 34 season, according to basketball reference. So he probably um, has, like, one decent, like, maybe, like, a two-year contract left where he can get, like, a decent amount of money or something like that. Like, a team's going to buy in. Like, hey, DeRozan, let's, let's give you, like, two years, just a bunch of money, see what we can work, end of your prime. Because, I mean, he's still, like, if DeRozan, for me, if he's, like, your third or fourth best player and you don't have to rely on him on defense, that's a solid pickup for a team. Like third or fourth best, fourth best player, I feel more comfortable. But the thing is, I feel like he's going to ask for a decent amount of money. It won't take fourth player, fourth option money. He wants to get like second best player on a team money. He knows it's probably his last contract. I mean, maybe. I, I for for I look at for DeRozan, I could see him as well. Like so, their their roster, like Levine's on. Like he just signed a huge contract, right? He's got a lot of years left. Unfortunately, we had not talked about Lonzo Ball. We'll have to have a little segment talking about him mm-hmm. here in yeah. a second. But like, the, I think the reason why they didn't push and, and do like the total trade thing is you got Alex Caruso having next year and the year after locked in. So in theory, you can retain some of that value. Uh, you can, uh, you know, you don't have to make that trade. Anyone who wants Levine, you know, getting him for the next four years as opposed to this, you know, four and a half years, not really going to move the needle. The person who really would, would be like, a would be DeMar DeRozan. And I think if you, this off season for him, like, I don't think he wants to hit free agency. I think he would rather like, Hey, let's trade me. I'll go to a team and I'll do some, you know, little extension in kind of the way that, you know, someone like, like Kyle Lowry, was able to, uh, you know, he got a contract for a couple of years and uh, at, at that stage of his career hasn't worked out super well for for Miami. But, yeah. you know, that type of thing where maybe it's, uh, you know, mid-20s, but the cap's going up. So maybe it'll be kind of at his $28 million a year uh, number for whatever team wants him. But I think for him, maybe the 
hey, trade for him and then extend him uh, would be the avenue there. But Nikola Vucevic is up after this year. They haven't figured out an extension situation for him. And he's it's his age 32 season. It, it's, it's really a crossroads for them. And it really all went downhill with Lonzo Ball. Him having this knee issue and we're just coming out this week. Next year is probably done for him as well. He just had a surgery where they were able to take some cartilage out of a cadaver Man. and put it into his knee. Technology. I was hearing, yeah, I, I was hearing, um, uh, I think it was Kevin Pelton on the Low Post podcast talking about other people who've gotten this. And it's 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 obviously a, like you're having a selection bias because it's like, okay, who? Who, your knee really has to be messed up to get this. I think Jason Richardson had it, um, uh, what I was hearing. And there was another guy who had this uh, same thing his, like, rookie season. So we really wouldn't have known how he would have, like, what he was like before, what his ceiling would have been like before the surgery. But apparently he's still playing basketball, uh, professional basketball, wherever he is, maybe in Europe or something like that. So the idea that, yes, basketball can still be played after this, but... If you're Chicago, well, Lonzo's contract, he has a, a player option in 24-25. So, like, that would be the year, in theory, that he could come back. But you can't really bank on that. Um, but once Lonzo went down, that incredible guard defense you had with Caruso and him, like, yeah, Patrick Beverly came in, but it's not the same. No. Like, you don't have that connector. You don't have that shooter that Lonzo had developed into. They... Like, that itself was the kind of, you know, the first card to fall in, in this house of cards that they build up. Yeah, and that that's kind of what stinks. Just, you're going to be on, and they're obviously going to, you can't move on from that contract easily because everyone's going to look at that like, nope, he's got to let it go, finish out. Now, when you say one and one, does that mean you're talking about this year and next year or like next year and the year after? One plus one for his contract. So his contract, that's next year. So he's got another, like, and Lonzo's taking all that money. Um, there's a, he's not going to turn down the player option two years, um, you know, in the 24-25 season. But um, I think Chicago, with this news coming out that he's going to be out all of next year, I think they're probably trying to find a, a way to, like, they're still going to pay him money, but maybe get some cap relief. Uh, their cap situation next year, they're already at $120 million. Uh, and so if you can knock $20 million off of that, that might give you not tons of space to work with, but probably a little more than the mid-level. And it, maybe you don't have to worry about the, the tax or being close to that if you were to, to bring someone in. So it's... Yeah, my guess is that they're trying to not have to have that count against their cap, but they're still going to have to pay Lonzo his money. Yeah. All right. Um, one thing that we should uh, be aware of in this uh, Chicago-like situation is their draft pick trades. So they have incoming Portland's 
uh, first round pick this year, except for the fact that it's lottery protected. And it's lottery protected, not just this year, but basically through 2028. And then it turns into a 2028 second round pick. So basically, as long as Portland is missing the playoffs, which, well, we've talked about them. They're already kind of in line to do so this year. And I don't know when the next time they're going to be good is, but whenever they've made the playoffs next, uh, not the play-in, the playoffs, then that's when it will go to Chicago. So kind of a tough situation for knowing when that will convey. The problem that the Bulls have is that their first rounder this year is also going out. It's possible that they don't have a first round pick this year. The way that they would keep it is if they are a bottom four, if they're one of one through four, it's top four protected uh, this year um, through, uh, I think next year's top three protected, then it becomes two seconds. So basically with where the Bulls stand at the very moment, they've got uh, like a... 15-ish percent chance, maybe a little more than that 15-16% chance of being able to retain this pick if it lands in the top four. But I wonder if where that pick lands is going to going to influence, um, you know, I wonder if that's going to influence uh, where things go. The other thing that happened that's a problem for the Bulls is they've also got a DeMar DeRozan first-round pick going to San Antonio. Um, two years after this one conveys, uh, they have a first uh, headed over to San Antonio. So again, they're in a tough spot draft pick-wise too. They really, like DeMar DeRozan, they got a lot of initial slander for doing that whole, you know, who are they bidding against type of thing. And then it then they had the, the you know the year where you know, there were times last year where they were like the, the one seed uh, before these injuries kind of accumulated and and so people were like oh you know we had the swing the other way of hey what a great move in the off season uh, you know that the Bulls made going for it but now we're kind of back and we're gonna have to see yeah definitely like I was looking at the uh, I don't know I just it seems like they should just go ahead like that's where I'm leaning towards. Cause, cause you don't want to be stuck in this purgatory. But I mean, already with their draft situation, it's they made it worse on themselves with the trades that they've done. Cause normally, like teams stuck just like on the edge of the play-in, getting the play-in sometimes, not playing it. I call it the pay where the Pacers were at, and then eventually the Pacers kind of tanked a little bit, and we got Ben Math, which has worked out decently for us. But, but I mean, for but them, part like of that situation is you have your own picks. They're that's not the thing. Away. Like, cause so. Because in their heads, they're like, hey, we're going to be doing good. We're going to be – we don't got to worry about top four. But it almost felt like this should have been the year where they should have tanked. Like they should have just gone ahead and tanked. I mean, it makes sense to keep – because they needed a top four pick in order to keep their pick. They should have done it. Oh, well. Let's go ahead and go on to the next team. Now, you have here Los Angeles Lakers. Now, let me see. Uh, I don't know if there's a footnote here. I see a little asterisk next to the name. This is the team that's not currently in a play-in spot. And this I think that has to do, after losing to Dallas, I think... Um, it, it, and also it has to do with uh, the I think they're tied uh, Thunder, with the Thunder winning yeah. a game. Yeah, uh-huh. so um, the Thunder winning a game, going in, I think Utah also winning. Um, so they're just a half game back. 
yeah. although they do have one more loss than both of those yeah. both of those teams. Uh, so, but yeah, so you have you have here listed LeBron James. I mean, he's they locked him up for a little bit, and who knows? As people who say LeBron James is still in his prime, people he's not in his prime. He's just he's towards the end of his career, but where his skill level is, he's developed different sets of skills that helps him prolong his career. That's that's how I view it as. He's developed these skills to help prolong his career, but he's doing work. Um, Anthony Davis, yeah, I know people like to call him like because he's injured, like to make fun of him, but sometimes I'm just like, you know what, a dude can't help it if he gets injured. Like, that sucks. Dude can't help it. Malik Beasley, I like how you put these, pretty much you have Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and then I saw you just added D'Lo on there. Guys, you brought in in a trade, which I think most of us thought was going to be Miles Turner and Buddy Hill, but, man, Jared Vanderbilt has been my favorite guy of that trade for them. Like, just, just what he does. And, and D'Lo, I think D'Lo has, Daniel Russell's just been, Hey, I'm gonna shoot some threes for you guys occasionally. Like I think he had a nice game, even though they lost. He had like 36 points or 30 something points, where they relied on him to be more of a creator and score. And I like that Malik Beasley caught on fire. I'm pretty sure against well against the Pelicans, everyone on that team caught on fire against the Pelicans. They're making all the three pointers against the Pelicans. But as much as we name these guys, like so, let's flip it over for bad contracts because D'Angelo Russell did mention his contract expiring. He wants to stay with the Lakers. Now, I, I think the Lakers are going to lean towards keeping him, Richard. I think they liked what they seen towards towards this latter half of the season. I think they're leaning towards resigning him. How do you feel about that? So here's here's the situation with the Lakers. They made all these moves, right, at the deadline. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at the contracts that all of these people have, like Malik Beasley, $16.5 million team option next year. You look at Mobamba, right? It's not fully guaranteed. Same thing with Jared Vanderbilt, not fully guaranteed. The only person that does have a guaranteed contract that they acquired is going to be Davon Reed. D'Lo is up after this year, right? Rui Hachimura, he's a restricted free agent after this year. Lonnie Walker, that was just a one-year deal. Um, So really, there's only four people that are officially going to be on the team next year barring getting traded or something like that and that's lebron james anthony davis devon reed and max christie no one else is actually under contract and so this makes me wonder like yes like malik beasley vanderbilt delo those are all guys that they traded for ruby hachimura that you would expect for them to be able to bring back like, they do have the bird rights of all of those guys, right? Or their, you know, team option, you know, keeping them. But they could as easily as well get out of the contracts. Like, for example, it was noted that LeBron James wanted Kyrie Irving, right? You know, advocating to, to, to bring him in. Kyrie goes to Dallas and, you know. LeBron James was hurt by that. Oof. Yeah, and, and but it's like. Could Kyrie come over? Technically, yes. It won't be for the Max. It can't be for the Max just based off of the contracts that are already going to LeBron and Anthony Davis and so forth. But you can get kind of close. You know, you could, in theory, get to like close to $30 million a year, which, um, I mean, I think if if you gave Kyrie kind of a fully guaranteed that many you know, four year for the Max, the Lakers could pay him which isn't the max, but, you know, the most that, that they, like, 
I think he would view that in the in he could possibly view that in a way that hey let me yeah let me go ahead and join up with you know LeBron Anthony Davis and uh, it, it's possible but th- I don't know if it's likely like what seems to be like what we're gonna do is we're gonna see the Lakers how they do as they're trying to get into the postseason and then playing in the postseason. LeBron James is, in theory, making good progress coming back. And if the Lakers are able to, with this group, kind of show some progress, make it in to the play-in, you know, perhaps even, you know, win win, win a first-round game. Like, you get LeBron James and Anthony Davis in there, and if they're healthy and you've got a versatile team around them, which is what that trade deadline did for them, you know, this team, who, who knows? Where, where, where they could go. Um, I would say it's probably unlikely to bet on them to win all, you know, to, to come out of the West just because of the injury luck that you have to have. And it's kind of tough to bet on, you know, age 38, uh, uh, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis and his state and all, all this, like tough to bet on, but still theoretically possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like I'm looking at it. Because it is a team that I think the way it's constructed, it's it, like you said, it's going to be like bad playing, see what we got with these players. No one's thinking they're going to go far. But like, even like you said, how it's technically they could get a Kyrie, like they technically could. I feel like for me, it would make their team worse. I don't know why. Like, yes, it's nice to have talent like Kyrie, but I don't think it would make sense. And looking at, go ahead, what are you going to say? Yeah, no, it's like the, the tough part is whenever you kind of, consolidate and get a big three going right like they brought in russell westbrook what that did to the other guys on the like you have to fill it out with minimums right and uh just guys that aren't as good and so the rest of your team suffers your bench is awful and it requires total health from all of your other guys and yes Kyrie fits better than russell westbrook did but you have that same idea and it usually takes a year or two for you to be able to find those mid-level exception guys who do fit very well, who can contribute at a high level. And I don't know if, with LeBron James at his current age, if you have the time to wait for that. No, nah, I don't see it. All right, let's go ahead and, and go on to the next uh, team. Did you, want to, did you want to say something else before we move Just on? Just one last thing, like the Lakers draft pick situation. They don't oh, have man. anything coming in except for a couple of seconds. Uh, they have more seconds going out than coming in, and obviously, you know their, um, you know, th- their situation. They got the first round swap this year with New Orleans, but then they only have one more year, one more first rounder going out. It could be either twenty four or twenty five. It just New Orleans has the right to make that decision later on, um, and then obviously they've got that top four protected going to Utah that immediately becomes a second rounder in 2027 so those those are just the draft things for them it's not quite as bad yeah as you know um like some other teams situations are not great but oh, yeah I, I get that for sure um with the the next team we have like richard was saying these are we're getting progressively better as far as record wise we got the utah jazz who i believe everyone thought they would be on the on the tank train but then one, uh, Laurie Markinen, some Colin, some Colin Sexton, Kessler Walker. Why do I say Kessler Walker? Like I'm saying the name backwards. Walker Kessler. Is it is it Ag- Agbaji? Agbaji? Yeah. 
Otai Agbaji. Agbaji, that's how it is. Like, these guys, honestly, like, they're a fun team to watch, Richard. Like, they're, the way that they play, they're they're a fun team to watch, and they're kind of just like, hey, we got all these picks coming in from, and we'll get to the picks. We traded away, we traded away your two guys. Of course, you're going to have a lot of picks coming in, your two main guys. But I, feel, I think there's a yeah. team that's set very nicely for the future. You have some solid pieces already, and you talked about bad contract. Right now, they have Colin Sexton on three years, $54 million. Man, if that was like... A three-year, like thirty-three million, be great. Or even like a four. I'll take a forty million, three or forty million. I'll take that. But because he's like to me, he's literally like the. It's nice to have him on your team, but do you want to be paying him that much? No, he's he's done work for them. But like, and then you showed already. Like I'm looking at their money they have allotted for the next three years, and I think that's a big thing. They they're clearing the books. They're doing good. And Danny Ainge kind of came in and got the, the strategy like collect as many first-round picks as you can. And I think that's going to be very lucrative for them. And as a team, I think like if they do make it to the play-in, I don't think it'll be the end of the world for them. They'll get get their guys in there. It's good. But like if they don't make it, I think they're like, you know what? We'll get a lottery pick. That's fine. Or if we lose in like the first, like they don't if they don't win in the play-in and they lose, they're okay with that. I think where they're headed as they know it's a rebuild. But I wonder how fast they're going to rebuild it. Like are they going to be more all-in? Let's just say next season all in with the rebuild. I mean, I, I think this year would have been the year to really go, but I don't, think, I don't think they expected them to come out the way they did out the gate. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. Obviously, you know, Laurie Markkinen having the breakthrough that he has, he's got to be top one or two for most improved. It's either him or, or SGA. Um, this is kind of the two main names that have, have come to the forefront here. And like this team was so like they started out doing lots of five out and Walker Kessler hadn't quite made his stamp in there yet. He was, you know, kind of being bench big. They're doing five out with, with Lori uh, and uh, you know, they had, you know, Kelly Olenek doing a lot of that, but then they figured out, okay, this is what we have Walker Kessler defensively. And he's been awesome. Um, and you're able, like, Colin Sexton being a bad contract, like he doesn't prevent you from doing anything just because, I mean, you look at it and, hey, Utah has uh, like near $50 million of room this year if they want to. So like you're not really prevented from doing anything. So it's not really that bad of a contract. Uh, it's just probably, you know, above market value for what other teams would want to pay. But in this context, it doesn't matter. Um they can go a variety of places. They do have all those picks coming in. Like, they got three this year, right? They've got their own. They've got Phillies. They've got Minnesotas. Um, they've got Cleveland's and Minnesota's first-round picks coming in, you know, coming in for, you know, quite a while. Uh, they have also have that Lakers pick coming in. So, couple swaps in there as well. They, they've got a lot coming in. They don't have that much going out. They do have their own first going out to Oklahoma City next year. Top 10 protected for a few years until it's top 8, and then it's extinguished. So, like, there's that little wrench thrown in there, um, as well as a few seconds going out. But they, they're in a situation where I wonder where they're going to go. Like, yes... I don't think they're going to be tanking. Like you, you, you have like the guys who are critical to this team, Laurie Walker Kessler, 
Ibaji is obviously filling a role. Sexton's been injured for a portion, but you know he's going to get in there. He's going to play. The decisions they're going to have to make is, well, do we want to bring back uh, Jordan Clarkson? Like He's been good there, but at the same time, it's like, well, you, you have... You now have another Jordan Clarkson at home. That's, his name is Colin Sexton, and he's locked up. Do you really want to have two of those guys? Uh, and, well, you've got $50 million to spend. I don't think they're going to be spending it on, like, bad, you know, play. I, I don't know who they who they decide to spend it on. Like, this could be a Fred Van Vliet team. Like, what if this team decides that, hey, we're already a play-in team we have all of these first round picks we know that our first rounder next year is probably going to okc unless we're a bottom 10 team and the draft doesn't seem to be that like why don't we just go ahead and kind of retool we know we don't have the guy but maybe we bring in a fred van vliet and we've got that contract and then when the next star you know wants out they know they're going to have to acquire that person probably through trade because the top stars aren't going to be wowed by your dollars because everyone else is going to be wowed by their by dollars people don't even don't even make it to free agency like the top guys they don't they sign the contract and they get traded so i think that this team is probably going to take that route um and i think this is probably as low as they go um they're set up really nicely with the gobert trade and um yeah, I mean, we'll have to we'll have to see exactly who they decide to go after. Like, just because they trade away Conley, there's kind of a point guard like deficit here. I know Fred VanVleet isn't a super traditional point guard, but you know, someone like him, I think, is reasonable. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, you definitely want to shore up that that backcourt i mean you might as well just do something but that's what i was like i know i talked about possibly bottom out or trying to bottom out next next year but you talked about bringing someone in they might danny ainge knowing him might just use these first round picks like you said eventually when they're ready to compete even more just hey we're not gonna we don't plan on using all these let's go ahead and let's just, let's just say they bring in van, van fleet and then they're like ah, oh, we want to bring someone else in hey anyone we see is disgruntled may not be a superstar but a really good player that they want they're like hey we'll throw a, a first in there or depending on how good they are maybe a couple first they're like hey here you go and i can see that definitely happening because i think this is happening quicker than they thought i honestly do think i don't think they expected larry to be as good like they expect they saw the talent that he had that's why they wanted him included in the package for donovan mitchell but i don't think they expected him to be good just like for me walker kessler i don't expect i didn't think they would expect him to be like as good quickly Especially, I mean, with Laurie being an all-star level caliber player. And I think what Laurie's doing, you know, sometimes players will have a blip year where they're like, oh, outperforming their average. I think Laurie can sustain being like a 20, a 20 point score and kind of just providing you some three point shooting, giving you that. And Walker Kessler can divide a great, can provide you a great defensive presence. And if you keep building with that and like their cap space, they're in a good situation cap wise. Like, very good situation. Like, even after, like you mentioned, even after they do the Van Fleet deal, if they were to do that, they still have space to do some more stuff if they wanted to. It's not like they're like, oh, that's it. We can only do one move. They can do even more moves. And it would be interesting if they're, let's just say, if they're really impressed, let's say they get to the play-in and they win that play-in game and they find themselves in the playoffs getting ready. And then they're like, oh, this team's solid. I can see them being like, all right, next year, let's add some more pieces. 
because you did bring up a good point I hadn't thought about with that first going out next year where they pretty much have to be like the 10th worst team or worse. And with the talent that they have, I don't think that's possible because, I mean, I think they're better than 10 other teams with the talent they have. So that that would make sense. But go ahead. You go first. I think if like I think the only way you get there is like you suffer an injury and then it's like, all right, well, we suffered an injury. Let's go ahead and, you know, turn it around. But again, they've got $50 million to go get somebody else. Like, could this be a Jeremy Grant team or a Cam Johnson mm. team? Uh, Cam Johnson being a restricted free agent. Uh, Grant Williams, a restricted free agent. Um, like, I'm, I'm looking at the at the upcoming free agents and, like, I don't think you go after one of the Chris Middleton or James Harden uh, or Kyrie kind of, like, those people don't seem, or like Draymond, you don't go after those types of guys. They don't need really bigs because you've got your big situation here. So, um, like, I don't know where they go in that regard. The other avenue that they could do, if you didn't want to um, actually go for it and pay somebody is, well, maybe we do go ahead and uh, absorb bad contracts for draft capital. Like, you know, you can do that. OKC did that for a while. And maybe that does kind of keep them in the waving, wavering kind of around 10. And then you decide to, all right, we're going to tank it down the stretch just to make sure that we kind of solidify ourselves there. Hold on to our own pick until the right free agent is around there. So it's possible. I just I just don't know. We'll have to see what they do with their $50 million this Yeah, because remind me again, what is the minimum a team has to like use? Because a team can't just walk in and, and be like, we're not going to touch this money. We have $50 million in cash space. I feel like there's like a minimum each team has to percentage, right? It's 90% of the cap okay. is the uh, salary floor. However... The vast majority of teams get there, like Pacers. Your Pacers were one of the teams that were <laughs> I just, like rumored to, you know, yeah. not get there, and then were to be the renegotiation with Miles, Miles Turner, Turner and extend, and that gets you there, right? Then I, and then I read that report. One team. Yeah, sorry. Then I read the report of Wolves saying money allocated. Like Pacers are just like we're. I think we're 20, 20, 21, 22 season of all the teams who got like money reallocated. Pacers were like number one. And I'm like, Pacers just, I feel like we're, we're like those people who go to grocery stores with a bunch of coupons and, and try to just like, okay, let's bring the price down and get money back as much as we can. That's you how know, it feels I mean, like. It's for, for, for sure. And like, this is the situation where like, I think there's only been one team in recent memory who hasn't gotten to that floor. And that's the Oklahoma City Thunder from I think a year, couple years ago, a like, year I don't or two know, ago like, maybe. Does the NBA like intervene or do they find like how does that no. work? No, what what happens is the remainder of the, however like you have to spend ninety percent of the salary cap. What happens is the rest of that money that keeps you you know between where you are and ninety percent just gets evenly split amongst all the players on the team. So Oh, so owners are going to definitely spend that. Owners are going <laughs> Well, I mean they could or it's just hey, let's go ahead and have that money be given to all everyone gets a little pay raise. Everyone everyone and their agent is happy because, you know, that money gets there just so it's not a thing that like, It doesn't happen a lot though. Like I know something that doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. Yeah. But then not every team has been doing what the Oklahoma City Thunder have been doing over the past few years. Pretty much since um, since they traded away uh, Chris Paul, I feel like that's been like 
that's been the deal. All right, you want to go ahead? I think I'm done with the Jazz. I can go. We can go to the next team if you're. Yeah. You're ready. And this last team is in a unique situation, <laughs> kind of to me like the Bulls. This is the Toronto Raptors, 35 and 36, currently sitting at the nine seed. Um, you know, in the East, uh, I, I easily though could see them. I, I mean, I think that they're going to make it. Like they've won three in a row, you know, split their last 10. This team obviously has Scotty Barnes. And he, you know, won Rookie of the Year last year. Um, although looking at it this year, it's like, well, it, I mean, it was kind of between him and Evan Mobley. Uh, obviously, Cade finished third. Cade didn't hasn't really played this year. Evan Mobley has looked very good, has taken strides offensively and um it's been weird in Toronto they traded for Jakob Pertl um and that's kind of defensively kind of I think helped them and probably offensively a little bit too kind of putting people in the right spot having kind of a role man there uh OG and Obi obviously the discussion had been is he going to get traded well they held on to him right you've got Pascal Siakam obviously on this team who has been your all-star slash all-NBA guy who, who sneaks onto a team or two. But with Toronto, they're at a unique spot where they've got a lot of money allocated next year. Um, it, as long as certain people opt in or as the team has their team options on, on a few people uh, on, on their on the rookie deals, which I think they're probably picking up most of those, at least any, any consequential ones. But you look at it and say, well, Fred VanVleet can, and I believe will, opt out this offseason. Gary Trent Jr., I think the same thing. If they do that, if those guys take that approach, are you, what's your direction? Like, if Fred VanVleet decides to leave, okay, now we just have OG, Pascal, and Scotty Barnes. Does it make sense for us to decide to keep pushing things on Pascal Siakam's timeline pascal is in his age 28 season and next year's his last year you're probably going to have to extend him this offseason if you don't want him to you know the rumors to come that he's going to leave for nothing i can so i can see him getting traded like i really can see him getting traded like i can see them blowing like this is a team i can see starting to like yeah we're going to go ahead and blow it up and 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 that's the question like if this team just like they're the nine seed let's say that they lose one of the playing games, they don't make the playoffs, right? People have a sour taste in their mouth. Fred wants to get paid. Gary Trent Jr. hasn't liked how, you know, Nurse has, you know, come out him and, and talked about his defense. And, uh, you know, OG, there's been those rumors, but it, it never seems to, like, we never actually hear him say he wants to leave. But the rumored, what he could fetch on the trade market, you know, I... I look at this team as the as a prime position to blow it up, make the um, you know make the change. But here's the problem: you just traded for Jakob Pertl, and that's you San just Antonio. traded next year's next yeah. year's first round pick, uh-huh. top six protected, top six protected to the Spurs. What that tells me is it tells me that this is a team that either thought that they were going to be good. Or knows that they're going to be bad. And with those being like the two avenues that Toronto can take, like, I am not going to be surprised if 
they do take that out and say, all right, we're going to switch it to accumulation mode. We already have our Scotty Barnes. We know we're going to get all these future picks from Memphis, or we're going to get all these future picks from, you know, fill in X team who's going to want these players. And I think I like I put bad contracts. I don't really have any unless it's Fred Van Vliet's next contract or Pascal Siakam's next contract. I just don't see the world that they in which they do that. Like they already pushed this year and we ended up and we're ending up with the nine seed. I just don't really see it with this team. Yeah, I can't. It almost felt like this was a team that should have been. This should have been the year they should have gone the opposite. I mean, it, everything made sense for them to go the opposite way, and I think everyone did think they were gonna they were gonna move OG. I think that was the consensus. Like people were getting some feels around the league, and everyone thought like he's a solid trade deadline guy because you have a lot of you can see teams who are competing playoff position like he would be a solid addition to a lot of those teams. That we see, like, honestly, thought a team. I did think a team like Dallas was going to make a push for him. I thought the Pacers, one team, I did think, I did think the Pacers were going to make a push for him because I'm like, he's the type of piece that we need on our roster. But neither here nor there. It's just like, I honestly think Fred VanVleet is going to sign somewhere else, and I think Pascal is going to get traded next year. That's what I think is going to happen, Richard. Like, that's where I'm leaning towards. And teams thought that they would make that move, they would make that pivot at this deadline why well because Fred Van Vliet could just walk for nothing and uh in theory I mean they went through this with um you know uh Kyle Lowry and they ended up getting the um they, they didn't trade him at the deadline and then they got the sign and trade because uh he wanted to go to uh Miami which didn't have the cap space and so maybe they're banking on that uh, this offseason as well. Maybe they're saying, hey, looking around at the teams that have, you know, cap space, ah, we don't think Fred's going to want to go to Houston. We don't think he's going to want to go to Utah or um, or Orlando or, you know, fill, 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 in the, fill in the team. We don't think he's going to want to go there. And so if you don't think he's going to want to go there, but you, he's probably going to want to get paid, well, it's probably going to have to be some sort of sign and trade and we'll get something. Or it's not going to be as different as what we would have gotten during the offseason. Because when they made that decision to not trade him in the offseason, people thought, well, maybe they aren't going to blow it up. And But the move that just it, it paired paired with the Pirtle trade, which doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why did you decide to do that? Why didn't they... Like, if you're going to do that, why not just trade your own first rounder this year like why make future years like why have to worry about that this year like if you miss the playoffs this year okay then you got to pick at the end of the lottery right um probably not consequential probably not going to you know be anything worthwhile like i just i didn't that trade did not make sense to me uh and it seems like a steal for san antonio if they decide to steer into this, you know, it, it just, it feels very much like the Bulls trade for, um, for Vucevic that where it's like, ah, yeah, we're not, you know, 
we're not going to be bad. And then Franz Wagner goes. And whoever say. it is this year might go. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's the, that's the problem. There's a problem with some of those win now moves. Like, you may think if it doesn't work out and it goes the opposite way. Like, I know people, like, were clowning on the Lakers. Like, oh, Hornets or the Pelicans, sorry, can get their pick. The Lakers aren't good this year. This is what they get for the Anthony Davis shit. I'm like, you know what? They came out with a championship with literally the goal that you want to do. I bet you New Orleans, if New Orleans, I bet you New Orleans would do a similar trade if they can trade like a bunch of first round draft picks, end up with a player that lets them win a championship. 100% they would do that. Even if it's just for one championship, I think teams would do that. Even if they won like multiple championships already, any team would do that. If it guarantees you championship or gets close to championship, you would do that. And that's what you think about. But, but it's for solid players or players that you know, like, if you were to look at an Anthony Davis trade compared to a Vucevic trade, obviously you and I can both look at each other and say Anthony Davis is a better player. And I think even at the time with the trade, like I, don't, I wish I could go. I wish I knew the podcast when we talked about that trade. We probably have a trade deadline podcast around that time because I'm pretty sure we didn't like the trade that much. I'm pretty sure we're like this isn't going to be as solid of a fit. I, that's what I feel like was the sentiment in our what we were saying at the time. Yeah, I'm mean, gonna have to go back. I can't imagine any of yeah. us being like, "Hey, this is sweet. <laughs> like, this is this is yeah. awesome." Uh, like, I, I can't imagine any any of us having that to take. It's a, but I hate the I hate this big three like mindset that these teams have. These GMs are like, "We got to get three big players, and that will help us compete." That's what we need. But then you have a team like, I mean the the Warriors who win with like Steph and I mean, it's a good supporting cast. I get it. You could say Milwaukee Bucks won with Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday. I get that you have three solid pieces, but you don't. I feel like you rarely go all in on that third player. You rather get some complementing pieces. But neither here nor there. But I think there's a team that should should have gone backwards. But we'll see what's going to happen next year. But I would not be surprised, Richard, if we were doing a preview for the season and Van Fleet's on another team. Yeah, I I think. This is one of the teams to keep an eye on that will really look different. This team and the Bulls, like, again, that's kind of where we are at, at this kind of time in the, you know, in the state of the franchise, right? We're looking at the teams that are, you know, in the play-in, but, you know, going to be the teams that are, uh, yeah, I don't know, they, 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 they're not the teams that you want to be. This is not where you want to be. Um in in basketball if you're orlando or you're the pacers this is where you want it this is great this is like this is the stepping stone but yeah not if like with for the jazz it's like oh very cool like where we it's kind of just an added on bonus but for teams like toronto the lakers the bulls you you don't it's, want to have to be dealing with the play in if it's, you're it's interesting stage. like it's opposite reasons so like lakers would rather be higher in playoff seating at this time while Toronto, it's almost like, I know they would never say this, but they would rather be way away from the play and in the opposite direction, high in the lottery. Like, that's almost feels like, but that's what I think. Honestly, I, like, I, I view it as that. But I think I'm good, though, Richard, as far as, like, what my thoughts are on these four teams. I think I've I pretty much exhausted them. I don't know if you have anything else you want to add. No, I think I think we're good. Um, I, We'll continue with this and probably next week talk about the top of the play in teams and um uh, and we're wrapping up toward the end of the season i can't wait till we get to discuss all of the uh you know awards and mvp i'm sure it'll, i'm sure we'll that um it'll be sane 
by by that point in time and and not off the rails like it has been the past you know month or so oh my god award season has been horrible especially the mvp talk has been so toxic like i'm just ready to get it over with yeah can't wait can't wait anyways good time right. oh it was a pleasure <laughs>